You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Savage Arms. We all know that the human body comes in all different shapes and sizes. However, most firearms do not. That is why Savage Arms has rolled out their AccuFit system on the 110 platform. AccuFit uses interchangeable components that allow hunters to custom fit both comb height and the length of pull without taking their rifle to a gunsmith. In fact, the only tool you need is a Phillips head screwdriver. If you want to find out more information about the AccuFit customization system, visit savagearms.com. Welcome to the Missouri Woods and Water Podcast. Podcast, podcast, podcast. <laughs> I'm your host, Nate Thomas. That's him. With me today, obviously the guys. What's up? Both of you are lively already. Well, it's a late night, if you uh, yeah. didn't know. I, I was supposed to be in bed, I don't know, three hours ago. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, now I get to you know drive home and then go to bed. <laughs> it's not going to be fun. Quit whining. I know, I know. Uh, got a good one today. Um, Joe Harris with Blind Spot Outdoors uh, drove up uh, very graciously and drove up yes. and uh, sat down with us to talk about some duck and, and goose hunting, goose, geese, gander. Yep. And uh, it's a good one. Um, we we are a little late on the whole waterfowl thing this year. Kind of apologize for that. Yeah. Kind of got away from us. But, yeah, uh, we're, we're not waterfowl hunters. I mean, well, not that we have anything against it. We'd like to get into it maybe eventually and stuff. I mean, but my, my basic knowledge was, you know, ducks fly together. Did you just do Mighty, a- Mighty Ducks is a great movie. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Was that your dad joke for the week or? Oh, we, no. Are we going to get a better version you never know okay i hope so let's see what the outro brings (laughs) (laughs) you better come up with something quick (laughs) you ever you fast on your fast let me me tap into my database i'll pull one out (laughs) (laughs) there it is there it is but yeah he comes on he talks about he's also the creator of blind spot obviously and uh he makes custom blinds and he does some land management and yep. stuff like that. Yeah. So a lot of good knowledge, just general knowledge about waterfowl in general. Yeah, he mm-hmm. dropped that bomb on us. He I mean it's it's not like a real detailed episode. It's kind of a ten thousand foot view, right? Yeah, Where right. we talk about duck ducks and geese and his blinds, blind placement, um, decoy placement. Different setups. What yeah. else? I mean just yeah, Their just habits. Very yeah. very broad. And he touches on his event that he started last year. It sounds like uh on on course for this year possibly but the mo um you know just a really a big kind of outdoor expo for for all things hunting and fishing yeah. yeah i mean we talked about it during the episode or whatever but we're surrounded <laughs> by you know states that have these huge expos right and missouri doesn't which is weird because mm-hmm. like nathan said we're we're in the middle of it all we have everything so, here yeah. so he's trying to make something big out of that so that's pretty cool so it's a good one uh joe knows the stuff he's a he's a big time waterfowl guy and uh we hope to have him on again yep kind of talk about stuff again uh more detail so hope everybody enjoys it unless you two fine individuals have anything else to add we will start this show let's get started yep this is the missouri woods and water podcast 
All right, with us today is Joe Harris with Blind Spot Outdoors. Joe, what's going on, buddy? Not too much, guys. How's it going? Thanks for having me up. Yeah, thanks for making Absolutely. the drive up yeah. here, dude. Yep, yeah. no problem. How long of a drive is that? You're out of, what was it, Montrose? I'm out of Montrose, Missouri, yep. Um, down by Truman Lake, if anybody's familiar with that area. Um, hour or so away. Okay. Not so too was, bad. Yeah, it wasn't I'm, terrible. It's it is. <laughs> it's always better in person, but uh, yeah, we appreciate you uh, making the drive up. No big deal. So, um, before we get into this, uh, introduce yourself to everybody who you are. We all, obviously, everybody knows you're from Montrose now. Um, what you do for a living, and then uh, what's, your, what's your favorite thing about bird hunting? We'll just do that one instead. I'm uh, Joe Harris. Uh, I own a company called uh, Blind Spot Outdoors, and uh, we specialize in building uh, waterfowl blinds um, from a portable blind to kind of what you can ever dream of um we just um i finished up one for uh, ian kenny that pitched for the royals it was a uh, i think it's pretty sweet I've yeah seen that, yeah 14 foot uh, long with a uh, six and a half foot by 18 foot long boat garage in the back so you can park his boat behind it so you dream it up we can probably build it um and uh it's it was uh this was a um a side job i guess until uh early september or I guess, well, beginning of September, and um, took the leap of faith and is doing it. I'm doing it full time now. Oh, awesome. And, um, and then we've uh, also kind of ran into, or not ran into, but started a, a land habit or land management company, do some habitat management and stuff like that. And there's a there's a lot of clubs and recreational properties in our area, and so taking adva- not taking advantage of them, but just trying to help people out with uh, to get get their means done especially with like food plots and, and planting um, in your duck lake, stuff like that. A lot of guys that are weekend warriors, well, they go down on a Friday, can't, can't do it because it rains. Well, they call us and we come in and, and help them do it. And um, we got a tree mulcher and skid steer and some equipment, stuff like that too, that we can come in and, and help you out with on that. So I'm just kind of. And is that is that across the board? Are you just mainly doing duck and geese type habitat management? Or are you doing everything? Nope, deer, we're do, we're, all that. We're doing deer too. Um, I've got a, a buddy of mine that um, that uh, started a food plot business, and I'm, he's kind of helping me out a little bit on some food plot stuff. We'll do anything that the landowner wants to do on food plot stuff, um, and we also will. I have a, a good friend of mine that's a biologist um, that come in and do some consultation too, so he can help us out with deer count and deer population and and stuff like that and um i'm not a big deer nut mm-hmm. but um that's what i grew up hunting was deer sure but uh um it's just it, it just want to help help them out somebody's got a recreational property let's just make it to the means and make it to the fulfill everything they want to do and just if they just need some lanes cut or whatever even farmers need some stuff brush move stuff like that we can do that too nice pretty so. awesome i think that's that's pretty cool too is around here you hear a lot of land management you think white tail immediately i mean at least i do and, and joe you're you're on a, a whole another aspect of where your main part is really the duck side of it and for me personally i i just don't think i think well you go find water you shoot ducks obviously it's more complicated than that you don't just find a field and go shoot a deer right yeah. so i mean i think that's pretty cool pretty pretty unique to me in my mind to, to set that those ponds up for that yeah and and that's the thing too a lot of people don't think of is um with waterfowl i mean these they're coming through here they're migrating through most of most we don't um 
besides Canadian geese, we don't hatch a lot of ducks, mallards, pintails, teal, gadwall, stuff like that in the state of Missouri. They're Most, born further south. No, they're north. Oh, they're going back. Okay. Everything's north. Everything's north. Yep. Um, you see, like, the pot hills of uh, um, Nebraska hatches. Uh, south Dakota hatches a lot of ducks. North Dakota. And then your duck factory is Canada. Right. You want to call it. Um, and then Canadian geese. Canadian geese are getting just like deer. They are becoming – they are – adapting to the habitat they're i mean you go to any watershed in kansas city or anything like that Mm -hmm. they have just suburbanized just figured it out that (laughs) there's no pressure here so we're gonna go you can't touch us so you said uh you grew up kind of deer hunting and so i'm gonna go back to that that first question i asked you when um i had you introduce yourself what what is it about bird hunting we'll say duck and geese um that you love that has kind of changed your passion a little bit i guess you'd call it to the point now where you're you got a business that is sur- surrounded by it uh it's probably just the chase i mean um it's i guess for you guys being big deer hunters it's probably the chase of uh trying to you find it for duck hunting i hunt a lot of public so it's like finding them either getting access getting permission and then tricking them it's like turkey hunting i mean you're that you're not waiting for it to walk by or you're not Mm -hmm. intercepting it you're making it come to you or you're going to where it's at or where it wants to be and tricking it yeah you're making this that you're winning Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i listened to a show another podcast once again i'm horrible at remembering which one i was listening to but that's one of the things he said is you know a lot of guys can shoot a duck 40, 50 yards away, he said, but when you get that thing working a decoy 10, 10 feet in front of you or 10 yards in front of you, mm. there's a difference. You know, you, you feel like sometimes he said you don't even feel like you really want to shoot them. Yep. It's, it's just like you're, you're quote-unquote one with the duck at that moment. And I can see I can see that, you know. I like – I mean, don't get me wrong. I like killing. Yeah, I mean, don't <laughs> – I do, but um, beating them at their own game. Mm-hmm. You know, like fooling turkeys, or it's some. It's it's very similar to turkey hunting. Um, and like, like right now, the ducks have been. We've had duck season in the state of Missouri has not been great this this year at all. And so we've had a lot of ducks that's been here for a long time. And uh, reading them, like calling to them, knowing what they want. I hunted Missouri's closed now, but I hunted Kansas last Thursday, and. Um, there were some ducks there that just, I mean, you had to talk to them constantly, 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 constantly. And then another group would come over and you'd call at them and they just leave. Like they just didn't want it, you hmm. know? So it, learning ducks and knowing ducks. And that's something that I'm kind of still new to all this a little bit, I guess. I don't, I'm, I can't, I don't even know how many years I've actually been truly duck hunting, but um, every year I learn something different and, and reading ducks is really the last couple of years is something I've really got. Um, I've recognized knowing what they want, how they want it, and stuff like that. Yeah, so. makes sense. We're going to go into a rabbit hole here that we probably shouldn't, but because the, the show's kind of, we're going to center it around, uh, spent, since obviously your your business now is, is blind blinds and building blinds and things like that, and obviously the land management, but we're going to talk about placement of blinds, but we're going to go down a rabbit hole in duck hunting here. Uh, I know it's kind of late, obviously the season's over now in Missouri, and you know, we kind of dropped the ball on getting stuff out early, but 
so many topics, try to hit them all. Right. Well, when you said this a few seconds ago, and it made me think to ask you, what what made the year not great here in Missouri? Or what are some opinions you have? Water. Water. Um, we were in a drought. Mm-hmm. You know, there was no, no water. Um, and then the flood that hit um, the Missouri River bottoms killed a lot of habitat there, too. Um, but there was a drought from the whole Mar- Missouri River Basin had no water. And that ducks travel water sheds or they follow the Missouri River, they follow the Mississippi River. Mm-hmm. That's why the, you have different flyways. And, uh, we, I mean, we just had a drought. Uh, Canada, then, then with COVID, um, there was no access across the border. I had good friends in North Dakota that I know that said that um, North Dakota got pounded by a bunch of out-of-state hunters. Um, the people that normally go to Canada every year oh. went to North Dakota. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, and you wouldn't think, but ducks sense or know pressure just like anything else does, any other animal that we hunt. Um, and they saw ducks leave North Dakota and actually go north instead of go south to escape pressure, and they went to Canada. Huh. And then weather, weather. We just haven't had a winter. I mean, we haven't had a winter, a real true winter. Right. How many years? I mean, yeah, it's been I remember whenever mild. I'm 35 years old, and I mean, we had a couple snow days a year when I was a kid, and I mean, we had legit snow days, like a couple <laughs> inches of snow. You actually went sledding and stuff like that, and I can't. Yeah, you can't really like uh, you can't compare snow days to when we were all growing up to today. Mm-hmm. My daughter's school or my kid's school got let out. What day was it last month? Friday. We, we Friday. had a little Friday. bit of snow. Mm-hmm. It got canceled. I'm just yep. like, you got to be joking me. And it's, it's funny because my mom and dad say the same thing about, about when us. I was in school. Yeah. To where they would they remember, you know, feet of snow, mm-hmm. which who knows about. Uphill both not. ways. Right, exactly. Yeah. But, yep. you know, I, <laughs> but, we yeah. haven't had a good four-inch snow or something for a while. Right. Well, I yeah. remember my senior year. Uh, I don't know why we're getting too deep into this. <laughs> Rabbit when you're a senior, you don't have to make up snow days. Yep. Guess how many snow days we got when I was a senior? Zero. Yep. <laughs> yep. I was just like, this is going to be awesome. Didn't never got one. Yep. But uh, oh, that's interesting. I mean, I've, I've heard that from more than just you that yeah, this that, has been a bad year. I, I have some – I have some. It, it, it's funny because I have some guys that um, – buddies that I used to work with and stuff like that and just think that duck hunting, like how nuts I am about duck hunting and stuff like that and – they're like, oh, anybody can go sit by a pond and shoot a duck. And I'm like, you can, but it, it's not that easy all the time, you know. And they're, I'm like, I was like, you don't understand, like, the pressure, the pressure, the pressure. And, and now at home, we've been out since uh, it closed the 10th of uh, January. The ducks at home, we've had ducks show up at home. And, like, you can legitly, like, get close to them. And they don't even under understand what's going on like hmm. they don't care they know they're not going to get shot so it's just stuff like that that people don't think about um that kind of changes everything it's it's kind of neat to look back the um, we're talking about the geese adapting to the um structure or to to habitat and cities and stuff like that and uh the uh i had there's a gentleman in, in illinois around chicago that's doing a study on geese um, understanding people in everyday clothes and in <laughs> camouflage. Really? Oh, and, wow. it, and they're seeing. Is the, that is that he's in the middle of that study right now? He did a study. He set a spread in city limits, landed geese, got out of his blind in regular clothes, 
the geese walked away from him and kind of flew off slowly. Walked out of the blind in camouflage, and they immediately jumped up and flew off <laughs> tenfold. Oh, out. wow. Peace out. Hopefully deer <laughs> don't, don't, don't <laughs> read that instead. <laughs> right? So it's, it's, it's stuff like that that everything, habitat, deer, turkey, everything, everything's changing. And it's kind of, kind of you have to be, just like you guys on the deer, you got to be on it every year and kind of just know the next thing yeah. where it's at. So, Well, with, I mean, I guess if you think of it this way, like you said, they're coming from Canada all the way down here. How many places do they got to cross over where they're getting shot at before they get to us, you know, here in Missouri, you know, that they're probably going to get a little smarter. Yeah, see, Canada season, uh, Saskatchewan area and stuff like that, they start uh, the last weekend of August. Oh, wow. So they're getting shot at from the last week of August till Louisiana and, well, southeast Kansas um, goes till January 31st. So I mean, half half their year, yeah, they're going to get Can't get away from it. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so. uh, by the way, is this your first podcast you've done? You are a, a natural. So for everybody listening, my dog just ripped ass, uh. and <laughs> I was sitting here doing a, a motion to Andy, and and Joe just oh, looked and and smiled and kept going. I'm I like, figured I figured it was I had my old dog was the the licking dog, and oh he'll, my, he'll lick it too. My, my wife would sit. My wife would be just like. Tell her stop. Just tell her stop. <laughs> so. uh, I was curious if it got over there, but you've got to stop doing it, that, dude. It made it up the stairs, I think. <laughs> Poor yep, sucked it up the stairs. Uh, but anyway, um, and obviously now we're you know in, in goose season, or geese season, goose season, yep. however the hell you say it. And, uh, you know, there's a, uh, different ways to hunt them, obviously. I mean, you can hunt in the middle of cornfield. A lot of folks do that. Um you obviously make blinds uh, that are designed for water, or do you? No, you do have stuff both, for fields. Both. That's right. We do both. We do. We do both. Um, we do a portable blind that can be taken up, put back down in minutes, slid in the back of an enclosed trailer or whatever, back of a truck, and then we make a big, comfortable turn on the heaters, turn on the cooker. Let's sit down and enjoy the afternoon yeah. style blind too. Um, so we kind of can adapt to both um we've kind of more transitioned into the bigger stuff just because um it's it's in a high demand i don't have too much competition right now out there for it so um we're pushing it really hard and um it's doing well for us i can't complain one bit about it but but yeah like right now though the the, the goose goose hunting is is tough um that geese are very hardy um they won't leave an area until they're they can't get to their food so there's a lot of geese north of us right now. Kansas, mm. Kansas City holds a pile of Canadian geese every year. That Kansas City area. Um, yeah, like the corporate areas are just all their lawns. Mm-hmm. Yep. Are always littered with them, you can see, when you're driving yep. through there. Yep, so they're, they're loaded up with a bunch of geese. Um, they stop a lot of I, – I, I don't shoot – I shoot a handful of Canadian geese where I'm at. Not very many. It's got to get pretty cold for us to, to really get after them. We shoot a, we shoot a good amount, but um, – What's, they're just getting this tough yeah what's the and this could get real deep but one thing i definitely wanted to ask you was there's all kinds of different ducks obviously and mm-hmm. i'm sure they all have different ways they adapt and respond to things too but in general between duck hunting and goose hunting what are the major differences i mean what what are some major differences that you see um as far as how you hunt them that makes it easier or harder or both one way or the other um ducks um you can hunt a feeding duck you can hunt a resting duck 
you can hunt a loafing duck or well resting loafing is kind of the same thing or you can hunt migrators i mean you're you everybody i could get you guys hooked on a migrator day you get a migrator day you get birds coming from it's, you can hardly see specks in the sky and next thing you know they're 10 foot in front of you backpedal on the decoys 200 of them i mean mm-hmm. that'll make anybody hooked um but anymore that's kind of far and few between the last couple of years but um so chasing ducks over water majority of the time geese you hunt most not a lot probably 50 50 over land more mm-hmm. water on in our area now now like north them guys will shoot a lot of ducks in dry fields we don't shoot a lot of ducks in dry fields um but uh ducks i i don't know they're very similar in in styles of hunting for me the way i hunt them um but they just they just don't uh they have two like a goose can be very um habit forming mm-hmm. if, we have, if we have a long weather system like they're lazy they'll lay till the sun hits their back let's get up at eight thirty and fly out to the cornfield and pick some corn for a little bit and then go back and eat water like if they go to a dry field they always come back to water so they're going to go eat somewhere come back to water sunny days are no different than like i, <clears throat> I tell guys all the time that's like Go look at your cattle, what your cows doing in the field. I was like, that's what a goose is going to do. If it's sunny, no wind, and still cold, they're going to go out there and lay in the sun, use the least amount of energy they mm. can. Then the last minute, they're going to fly, go feed, go back, and keep water open. That's a big thing when it's cold is, you know. <clears throat> now, cloudy days, snowing, they're going to go feed hard stuff. Rain, too. I've got now, since I'm, I guess, home every day, I have some geese that I watch every day, and like I've been keeping a journal on them just out of curiosity to see what they do. Mm-hmm. Like I write down the weather every day, write down what they're doing, where they're going. I've lost them now. I can't. I call my my wife gets mad because I call my pets. I go check on them every morning <laughs> and every night. I was like, I go see where my pets are at, you know. <laughs> so, but um, it it just that that stuff is what's neat to me of um, learning how they adapt, yeah. stuff like that. But yeah. They're very similar, like you, you asked, they're very similar to hunt in the same way because um, we hunt them over water in, in both aspects. But um, calling, of course, different calls, different different spreads, a little bit different decoys. But um, Do they tend to stay in – I mean, obviously everybody sees the, the – when they think of geese flying, the V-pat, you know, all in the sky, just black sky at times. Mm-hmm. There's so many of them. They tend to stick together much more than ducks do. Yeah, the, well, a Canadian goose they 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 will mate for life. So you will have they will they will they will bear young together forever. What about divorces and stuff? Uh, <laughs> now that's what I, I always I always, always want to know. Like when you shoot the male, you shoot the female. What happens? They go find them a new. They go find another another sniffing another. How long but, we gotta wait? Yeah. I'm, widow, I'm widowed. <laughs> yep. That that's a whole that's something I just learned about too. Like uh, a Canadian goose, uh, a male goose. Um, they can't bear or they can't mate till they're two years old. Well, they think they can. <laughs> and so after they, in the summer, they molt and they lose their feathers and they can't fly for like 10 days or mm-hmm. 15 days. Well, then all of a sudden they get up and leave, the males get up and leave and go try to find my girlfriend. Or, well, they actually, they, they, they can fly. I guess when the geese come back, then when the geese, when the geese come down in the winter, they find them love and they go back with them and they'll fly 
all the way, sometimes all the way back to Canada. They'll get up there when they can't breed. So the males will freak out and try to come back and find mom and dad, and then they fly back south. Huh. And that's what they call the molt migrators. This molt migrator come back south. So they're saying, I didn't so those, know that. Yeah, those are all males then that do lot, that? Yeah, those, it's, yep. Those late, yep. late ones. Like you'll hear a lot of guys, like the, like you'll get a lot of guys up in Minnesota and stuff like that that um, hunt molt migrators. Like they can't wait till like September we get a north wind, and they'll go up there and they'll just be hunting in sweatshirts and T-shirts and just like us, we're like, we want five degrees in north wind is what we want. And right. They're like, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, north wind tomorrow is going to be a migrating day, you know, and they just roll them. That's funny. Yeah. So that that's something I just actually learned in the last couple of years just from um, I go up to game fair in Minnesota every year. We have a booth up there, and I've met a, north, a bunch of northerners up there, and that's – that, that's something I never even knew until right. now, which they're talking about. Uh, they talk about bands. They banned yeah. waterfowl all over. And I've kind of got into just really like a buddy of mine shot a band the other day. I was like, man, where was it from? You know, um, uh, two days ago, I know a kid that shot a banded speck that was from the Cambridge Bay, Canada, which is all the way like the furthest north almost you can get. Oh, wow. Yeah, I can't remember how many miles by the way the crow flies is even was there. That that is really cool. Knowing mm. where, where it came, it came from. from. I mean, think imagine shooting a deer that you could know its life history. I, Michael Wydell actually shot a deer out in Quivira next to Quivira National Park a couple of years ago. If you look it up on YouTube, he shot a uh, net collared deer that Yeah, I, yeah, I think I've seen that. And they had pinged actually. it they pinged it and all that, and it just showed, like, its home territory. Mm-hmm. And that deer, I think, during the rut, traveled, like, seven miles a day sometimes. I could see that. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, that, that I mean, you don't see that very much with the deer. I know, I think, when the guy, well, one of the guys from the hunting public, he shot a uh, banded turkey up in north Missouri here. Really? Yeah. Uh, Ted shot a banded turkey Didn't know they banded turkeys. Yeah. And I had never heard any more about where it had come from, but I don't know what a turkey's lifespan is. I think, like seven or something like that i think that's like an old old bird yeah really i think like but, two to three they're mature yeah considered but but the goose deal is in the duck deal banned them like i shot a banded mallard this year that was actually banded in louisiana um which you don't see too i've never seen too much of but then we shot a, a banded double banded goose that came from manitoba canada this year too wow that's awesome so knowing that that's that's pretty cool just knowing where they came from and how many, I mean, that one, I, buddy of mine shot a goose one time that was like 11 years old. Like, how many spreads? What that goose had seen in its lifetime, yeah. you know? How many times it's been shot at? Yeah. yeah it was one of the lucky ones that, you know, mm-hmm. took off as, that is pretty cool. And yeah. I mean, and the really cool thing about, um, especially duck hunting, I mean, there, there's so many different species of ducks, and they're, some of them are gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was on Instagram someday last week, and it was a, outfitter and once again i forgot who and the post was you know between the the six of us or whatever there's more than two hundred and fifty thousand seasons of hunting in here and none of us have even seen one of these let alone and they killed a uh, mallard and wood duck hybrid yep so that was falco okay they run they have some of my stuff down in oklahoma and that gorgeous that, that's duck. like that's like shooting like a 200 inch typical buck i mean that's like just a very rare thing. Very I mean. rare, yep. yep. And the the photo of it, I mean, just, you know, the colors bouncing off the sun. It, mm-hmm. it, a, w- a wood duck is pretty. Uh, 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 and it's. Like right now, they're like, uh, we were talking about earlier before we started, we we're talking about like they're starting to pair up now. They're starting to get in their breeding pairs. And so you're seeing a lot of hens and drakes together and stuff like that. And any like bird, the, just like turkeys, like the male is 
dominant colored mm-hmm. and so like you're seeing their their colors really popping right now and a wood duck is probably one of the most beautiful ducks there is and we get them early in the year and they don't look good yeah you know like pintail's another one that is very beautiful duck um there's, there's, I mean, there's all cold kinds of them. Mallards, mallards. I mean, everybody when everybody thinks of duck, you think of a mallard. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the dominant duck, the biggest, biggest population. But like blue winged teal, this crazy looking. If you could ever shoot ducks in March, they were some of the most the beautiful, beautiful ducks there is. <laughs> you know, my son, he knows all of it. I mean, he's he's, a bird he's, well, he's big into birds now, and and so my wife's bought him a bunch of bird books and. Every time we're driving down the road, oh, Dad, there's this right here. I'm like, how the hell you know that? It's 500 yards away. Well, the way its, it's wings are shaped. And uh, he, he just – and one thing he asked me, I think it was last week, he says, "How it's interesting, Dad, if you look at birds, all the males are the pretty ones. And the females are a little more, diff- you know, basic colors. Mm-hmm. I said, if you think about it, actually, son, in the animal kingdom, the males are the ones that – have to impress the females so they're always pretty, except for humans. <laughs> humans, it's definitely the ladies that are prettier. Than I, the call, I call it the big truck syndrome. You see a couple of them do it. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Very true. Uh, he got a kick out of that. But um, All right, let's talk about blinds and blind placement. So let's just start with duck hunting first because I'm sure there's some differences in what you would do. No, um, Not really? Nope. The, so it's... Op, totally op, polar opposite of deer hunting. You want the wind at your back. You want the wind. A duck will always land into the wind. Wings into the wind. Helps mm-hmm. them get down. So you want the wind at your back. Um, if you don't want them looking at you, we like after we get some pressured ducks or geese, like we'll cross shoot them so then they'll you know have a crosswind on you or something like that. Or sometimes if you got to set up, if it's not right, you got to set up with a crosswind or stuff like that too. So, um, you know. We build a A-frame portable blind and then big, like I said, just a, a, any kind of style other blind. So you can you can hunt out of a portable blind, A-frame blind, stuff like that. They make uh, layout blinds, like a coffin blind. Mm-hmm. Um, one, I think if you guys are big turkey hunters, I think you should try a layout blind in the middle of a field turkey hunting. That, that would be I would fun. recommend that. That's pretty – I've tried it a couple of times. I've never succeeded, but I've seen some guys actually like have turkeys like walk over their feet. Yeah. Stuff like that. But, um, we've seen the guys that have killed turkeys like with the, what are they, predator decoys mm-hmm. or whatever, where, you know, they, they're holding a, a turkey basically decoy mm-hmm. and the turkey's their gun or whatever. five yeah. feet away before they blast I always, it. I always thought with the layout blind, you know, turkey doesn't have to, you don't have to have to like grass it in really hardcore, nothing with a turkey. They can just get away with the camouflage netting or whatever. But like, you get that one turkey that wants to strut on the top of the field all the time and, like, he won't break. Like, go out there and lay right in the field right next to him and let him pitch right down on top of you. <laughs> but so, but you can lay out blinds. A layout blind, like I said, it's a coffin. covers you up. Um, they make um, – oh, there's a couple other different brands. There's a, there's a guy out of Kearney, Missouri, that makes a thing called a fast strike. They use a bungee system, like a almost like a two-by-six and – very portable, great, great style. Uh, Rogers carries those. I think they're about the, either I buy them direct or Roger has those. Um, and then you got uh, layout boats. You can hunt out of the water. A uh, buddy of mine, Andy Wyckoff, uh, out of Concordia, makes a, a great aluminum layout boat. Um, a little plug for him. But um, 
layout boats and then we have uh, a buddy of mine we got big boats like we hunt big water with i mean we got a he's got an 1860 with a full boat blind on it with a heater in it and an oven and yeah sitting nice. there and turn but, the heater on so no matter where you go though i mean if you're on the damn river or mm-hmm. uh, you know a large body of water pond obviously with you know goose hunting on mm-hmm. in fields it might be a little different but no matter what you're doing the the general idea is the same yep gotta get hid you've gotta get hid um the these ducks and uh geese have became adapted to back in the day they wanted to be in the highest part they, the duck would land high or the goose would land that like in a field would land a top tip top of the highest point of the field so i could see everything and now people start hunting them in layout blinds all the time and they got very educated with layout blinds and that's when um a frame blinds like what i built came out and um started using them and uh they became very good and now they're kind of transitioning back they're getting where they'll fly over top of it and check things out and so they're going back to the layout blinds but getting hid's a big thing like um if if I could give anybody any kind of advice on hunting waterfowl, like number one is uh, learn your surroundings. Like know, be in the vicinity of the ducks. Like be where they want to be if you're gonna go scout. I I've noticed that it, it's it's not like deer hunting, right? Like during the rut, there might be a, a a nice buck come through. If the ducks aren't there, the ducks aren't there. You can run traffic, but you got another flight path, right? Um, but yeah, know know where they want to be. Number two, get hid. I mean, get hid. Grass up, hide, 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 hide. And then then three is call. But if you get know where the ducks are at and get hid, you're going to be in the game. You're going to be in the game for sure. So. More so, like if, if you were, let's say you're just getting into duck hunting or, or waterfowl hunting, uh, would those things you'd, you'd take more seriously than learning how to call? Yep. Yep. Yeah, I would. I would. Um, calling, calling will come. I, I'm, I'm to this day, I'll be admit, I'm not the best caller in the world. But if you're where they want to be, you're, you're, you're halfway in the game you're right in the there. Game there. Yeah. Yep. That's, I mean, um, I tell guys all the time that hunt around us, I'm like, um, you just, there's a kid that is kind of getting into it now that I'm kind of helping out a little bit and, I tell him, I'm like, man, I, I'd hate to know the money amount of, amount of money I spend on fuel scouting, trying to figure out where they're at. And I, I might scout geese, especially for two, three days before we hunt them to make sure they're on that same pattern so that mm-hmm. when we get in there, like back to, like I said, I like to kill. So, I mean, I like to hunt too, but like get in there, do it the right way. And you're not. I mean, we're all conservationists when it all comes down to it. You don't want to be unethical about some stuff. So you want to get them shot, get them shot the right way, get them killed. And then you do everything right, it's like on top of the world. I mean, you beat them at their own game. Nice. How often, I mean, are they, whenever they do get in a pattern, how long are they staying in that pattern? Yeah, I was, I was just thinking the same thing. You know. Weather. Weather changes it. Windy days, like, um, Windy days, they they want to get out of the wind just like anybody else does. <clears throat> like I was talking about sunny days, sunny, cold days. Uh, they're going to sit. They're going to soak up that sun as long as they can, not burn any least amount of energy they can, go feed the last minute. Cloudy days, and they have to stay warm, they'll go feed 
you know, feed early, earlier in that day. Like, um, like we're having problems right now with our, with geese is they're not like, shoot, you have to stop at, uh, at, uh, daylight or dusk into shooting time of evening. So like dusk right now is like five, 12, five, 18, something like that. So you can't shoot past then. Well, some of our geese aren't even getting up and leaving water to go eat until five ten, five fifteen. Well, that gives you no time to shoot your three geese. But that's sunny days. If you get some cloud or a little bit of weather in there, they're going to leave about 30, 40 minutes earlier. That's when, that's when you can get them. So like the other day, we hunted the other day and um, kept on intermittent clouds. I'm like, come on, clouds, come on, clouds. Cause I knew they were going to – it wasn't like really, really cold out. I knew they – they were if it got sunny they were going to wait till the last minute and luckily the clouds rolled in that afternoon and we rolled them and shot a seven man limit so it wasn't too go, bad so very cool but that that's the stuff that um to a new to a new hunter that like watch like that's the thing like right now we're seeing a lot of reverse migration these birds getting we're getting longer days these birds are really wanting to go back home mm-hmm. they're getting, wanting to go back to canada so you're seeing we're seeing a lot of geese and uh, ducks come back from the south like your um oh, uh pintail pintails come through early they go south and they winter texas coast louisiana mexico stuff like that we're seeing them starting to come back and we haven't had a bad winter so they're stopping oklahoma texas and now they're starting to come back so we're seeing a lot of pintails come back around the area speckled belly geese same way speckled belly geese they leave up north real early see them in october like around halloween you'll hear them fly over and then they're starting to come back too really? so okay. yeah so when you're when you're scouting like you were saying you're not necessary i mean let's say you're you're checking up a, a body of water on it every day and seeing mm-hmm. what's going on you might not be necessarily scouting the exact same well they probably are but you just know hey i've got ducks here every day okay now they're here again they're here again i, I need to be after them yeah. It's it's very likely that they're the same ducks at that moment, or is it potentially just you can have they're them, just using that body using on a body. daily basis? So it's imprinting. Um, ducks imprint in areas. Um, that's that's why like um, Fountain Grove, that area up in there, Missouri River Missouri River Basin, ducks get imprinted over time. I mean, their parents went there. Just no different than a human, you know. Like this, it's imprint imprinting. You go to Branson. Yep, your kids go to Branson. I yep. just like the the, the geese I was telling brains. you at my pond here that yep. come here every year and lay yep. there. Like I'd hate to know how old those geese those, those geese that come to your pond might be. They might be ten to twelve years old, you know. It, I mean, or, or it could be as their long kids. as I can remember living here, they've been doing that. Yep, and so. I, I mean it might be their children now at this point. Yep. But and they're 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 finally here. They usually come. It's later in the year, and they'll show up and they'll hang out, and the grass will be growing, and they'll have their little. Yep, probably Little about babies running May, around the first field. Of May they'll have some babies running around, mm-hmm. yeah. and then every time I go down there mowing, they get all pissed off at me. And yeah, they're dicks, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> fighting and hissing at you. Yeah, and I don't. I mean, uh, they don't bother me none. But yep, it's just uh, you know that imprint that it's just crazy that they're they're going all the way, most likely up to Canada again. And yeah, the, the, some of those geese won't. You'd be amazed how many geese migrate east to west too, though. Sure, it, I just wonder where they are the rest of the year. How far, and they know to come right there every year back there. It's just, it is pretty amazing yep. when you think about it. Yep. And that's like, like snow geese. I don't know if, if you guys see very many snow geese in this area. I know you probably do at Higginsville, see a lot of snow geese. Mm-hmm. But like, it, like, snow geese are getting so abundant, they're eating, they're eating out their own home. 
and that's why they're they're having they have a conservation order on snow geese. You can start shooting. I think February, like I think February fifteenth. I think is when it is. You can take your plugs out of your guns. You can use e collars. There's no limits. Shoot as many as you can the day, and that's because like they're literally destroying their own habitat. Dude. Really, mm-hmm. there's a lot of guys that stack those suckers up there. They for can. A while. They're getting yeah. very educated though. Yeah. I Wait. speaking of snow geese, I got a one of our depot <laughs> spots where we go and fuel our trucks. It overlooks big crop ground with big pond in it and stuff. And I remember, I think it was last winter. Last winter, we sat out there, and I was filling my truck up, and thousands. It, I mean, it was amazing, amazing mm-hmm. how many I saw in that field. And it, it was just ridiculous, just yep. thousands and thousands of birds up there. It's crazy. All white. I mean, it was gorgeous. It was cool. Yep. And then the next guy, there, there were some hunters. They, I know they had to at least get there. I mean, filled two trucks up, I'm sure. I don't know. But it, it was ridiculous yeah. how many they killed. So yeah, it was that, pretty cool. The snow geese, they're – I don't know. I, we haven't. I haven't uh, broke into that uh, <laughs> that habit yet, because um, the duck hunting is enough of a bad yeah. habit <laughs> right. in duck and goose hunting that oh that uh, it's yeah. gotten. Yeah, he ripped ass again. Everybody. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm gonna put that. you in your kennel, dude. That was <laughs> bad. I can smell yeah. that one. But it's it's the snow goose hunting. You can the decoys and. I don't know. There's so many gadgets now. Just like deer hunting too, though. I mean, right. everybody's got. There's a new gadget. I seen today that uh, they came out with some. A company came out with a new spinning wing decoy. You know, and there's already been a couple on the market. So it's yeah. just everybody's trying to get the next new thing. I, no, no more power to them. You know. Well, so. that's one reason why I've been scared to start. Yep. Duck or <laughs> yep. geese hunting because I've heard. Because once you get into it, you get hooked just like you do anything else. You know, is if you're a hunter and stuff. And it's expensive. Oh. I hear it's. Re- I hear it can be really, really expensive to yep. get into. You can spend whatever you want to on decoys. Yeah, I mean, just so. like every. I mean, just like every other hobby, and that's. Yeah. You yeah. know, like I, I don't. You guys are familiar with? Have you seen the Dave Smith full body uh, deer decoy? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Dave Smith makes goose decoys. A six pack of a six pack of Canadian Dave Smith decoys is like three hundred and ten bucks mm. for six of them. Yeah. And that, I mean, how many do you need to make a good set or whatever? Uh, I we have around a uh, around a hundred full body honkers, and then I carry uh, ten dozen uh, silhouettes, so just like a two D mm-hmm. uh, decoy. Um, so you're looking I, at a few thousand dollars right there, probably. I mean, yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, <throwing laughs> yeah. Your wife, your wife doesn't listen to podcasts. Does she? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. I was just yeah. going to say. I don't know if my wife well, is upstairs right now. I don't want to talk about how much money I've spent in the last couple of months. But, but yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's and that's the thing. It's baby steps. I'm not. I'm not saying that getting into it, you need to spend ten thousand dollars or two thousand dollars on decoys. You, I, I mean, you can go out and buy two dozen decoys, a gun. If you don't count the gun, I mean, like waders. Good. I'll just be flat honest with you. Buy a good set of waders right off the bat. Leaky waders. Cry, cry once. What is it? Uh, buy once, cry once. Yep. Yeah. Buy a good set of waders, and then, I mean, the way with Facebook and social media now, like you can buy some kid or somebody's gonna need some money here come March, <laughs> and you can buy you can buy them from yep. them, you know. And and so it's just you can be. At, economical about the whole sure. deal and, and i'm sure if you're thinking about getting into duck hunting or something like that i bet you know a buddy or a buddy of a buddy and i would yep. think it i it's, would think that community you know the duck community they probably 
it's probably pretty easy to get in with somebody to join on, you yep. know, go on a hunt with somebody. Like deer hunting, that's kind of hard, you know. Yeah, I've been, you know, I've had had my eye on this deer for four years. I'm not going to let just some nobody that, you know, yep. and says you're cool. And, you know, deer hunting, you know, like you said, it, it's tough because you got to get permission from landowner to go shoot deer. And, and de- lot, there's a lot more deer hunters than there are waterfowl hunters. So it's um, – a lot of people don't want to give up their private ground for deer, sure. and you, a lot of guys say, "Hey, yeah, go out there in my cornfield and shoot, yeah, shoot the geese, whatever you know." Yeah. And then there's a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of public ground for deer hunting, but there's a lot of public ground as bad as some people can badmouth conservation about it. I mean, they do very well with their waterfowl. I mean, yeah, they do. Um, you listen to a lot of Southerners. And they're all mad at us because they plant corn flood corn. They're like, oh, they're stopping the migration and <laughs> all stuff. But but it's just it's just part of it. I mean, haters gonna hate. Yep. You, <laughs> you're gonna you gotta. Ha- I mean, it's just a it's just a whole. It comes back to winter. You listen to everybody like we talked about earlier. There's just no winter anymore. I mean, yeah. It's yeah, just, it's it's just been real. It's been mild for years. Well, I mean, in the last the last cold cold winter I can remember, um, which I was gonna ask you this too. What's the deal with swans? So the reason I say that is the last really cold winter we have, my neighbor, uh, his pond you can see from our back door. Mm-hmm. And it was, I mean, it had been like two straight weeks of real frigid weather. And my wife looks out the door or the window and she goes, those are some big geese. So I look at out and I, I'm like, yeah, actually they got really long necks. So I got the binoculars out and I said, honey, that is five swans. Yep. And they stayed on his pond for three days, mm-hmm. left and I've I've never seen a swan in my life, outside of a zoo or something like they're, that, they're, except for those three days. Like Fountain Grove up north of us, mm-hmm. they, they winter a lot of swans. Do they really? There. Yep, yep. You're seeing them come down. Um, a buddy of mine in Minnesota, um, they're doing their uh, their conservation vote, or you can write in, or they have like a, a questionnaire or whatever to help set the season for next year mm-hmm. and they they just got a crane season in minnesota uh a, a sandhill crane season was big for them to get through now they're trying to actually get a swan season through because the swans are getting so abundant up there and getting so big and then i i kind of i just asked him like well, i mean what's the background of wanting to shoot a swan i mean what what's the motivation to shoot it well swans nest in the same spot as a duck and they're territorial and they'll actually chase ducks out of their habitat yeah, you see those videos of people getting attacked right. yep. they get close to them so yeah the, so the swan deal yeah i mean you're seeing north dakota has a swan season you have to you have to um put in for a tag like a lottery deal uh north carolina has on um i think there's a couple there's a handful of places that have swan seasons not very many so we just don't see them in a lot here. nope I mean, I, I mean we I haven't seen any. Well, I take that back. I've seen three this year. Really? All my they're travel. huge. They I mean, are, you don't. They're enormous. You know, you go to a zoo, I guess you see a million animals, so you don't think. But on that pond, I'm just like, God. And if I remember correctly, she took pictures. Four of them were stark white. Mm-hmm. And one was gray, probably. One was, it Juvie. almost looked charcoal, Juvie. like almost black. Juvie. Is that what it young. is? Yep, real young. Hmm. Yep. So, I'm going to back up a little bit. So you kind of mentioned all the different things you're playing. When you go to play into somebody's property, you know, you're, you're, you're going to help them to get set up for the year to shoot ducks. You're going to want what set up probably for a north wind, you know, so on the south side of the pond. Yeah. 
Um, what other things you talked a little bit, you know, t- about Milo corn? What are some things you do, I guess, that to set up a, a guy's property uh, and they're blind? Well, um, or your but, process, I guess. Yep. It, it kind of comes, kind of comes full circle on seeing what um, the landowner has. So if he has a large, significant property, and I'm talking five to six hundred acres, you talk about um, they uh, they want everybody thinks corn corn is king. Well, corn can be king. It it, it holds a lot of ducks and stuff like that, but. Um, Moist soils probably kills more ducks than anything. So, like, um, I was talking about earlier was about, uh, like, right now, these birds are starting to come back. And I just learned this in the last year is, and I thought it was very interesting, is um, millet is very high in calcium. So, these ducks or these, these hens are looking for a high calcium diet for egg production. So, they're keying in on the millet. And so, when you see these ducks going back north, not to sound like an idiot, what's millet? Millet is it's in the, it's in the same um, family as uh, Milo. Okay, uh, it's a um, I don't know if it's in the same family. Sorghum, mm-hmm. Milo, millet. They're grasses. I mean, just like corn is a grass. Yeah, I mean, but it, it'll grow. It'll grow ahead. What's nice about millet is I can plant millet uh, June first, and I can plant millet like. September first, and either way, it's going to make a head because it all just it all goes on the length of the day. It just depends on how big the head. If I put it in June or July first, it's going to have the head of a like a corn stalk. Mm-hmm. But then you put it in in September, and it's going to be the size of your thumb. But mm-hmm. it's still it's still going to produce a seed more than likely. I put some milk in this year, and some cows got into it and ate it all. So, <laughs> oh, no. so do you plant that like? Buy your ponds or wherever yep. you plan on what, setting up a blind. Or? What's cool about millet is um, millet will grow in water. I was gonna oh, say, okay. I don't you? Yep. See it in water. Yep. Okay. So what you can do is, um, like, what we'll do is we'll actually like help it out, and you take millet, stick it in a five-gallon bucket, like twenty-four hours before you're planting, put water in with it, and it'll actually germinate overnight. Like you can actually, if you look at it really close, you'll see it actually starting get to root. Get to start coming out of its get, seed. Yep. Yep. And, and and what it'll do too is it'll pull that that moisture in, so it'll sink in water, and then so when you go out and throw it, we hand I hand throw it, and then you can put it in a cedar. But when it's wet like that, it doesn't want to go through the cedar very well. You just hand throw it, hand seed it, and it'll sink right then. And I mean, you might see within five days, see it pop through the water. Oh, it'll, wow. it'll, that it'll, fast, huh? Yeah, it it doesn't like that skim water or up to like four inches. But oh, as soon gosh, as it deep. as soon as it pops through that water. It's going to take right on off. Really? Like I planted some a couple of years ago. I remember in a little hole on a place I had, and uh, the water never was going to get above shin deep in it. And I was like, went down there, like, my millet is gone. I'm like, what in the heck ate all my millet? And it was like in October. And so finally, I put a trail camera on it, and the deer were walking out eating the heads off all my millet. Oh, wow. Yeah, they ate, they ate it all before the duck season. Yeah. You, you're saying you had some millet shin deep. Yeah, I planted it. It was in. I it was probably like when I when I broadcasted it. It was probably like over. I just had rubber boots on. And it was over my rubber boots, and then um, when it was that way, I, I planted it uh, end of July, and it headed out, and and seeds came to finalize, and it was probably um, early to mid October, and the deer were eating it. 
Really? Mm-hmm. So, and then, but but we're, you're talking about, what the, like, what to plant. I mean, on people's place, small impoundments, um, I would say, like, if you're looking at a duck lake, you want, you're looking at two to, say, ten acres. I would say natural. You want millet, barnyard grass, smart weed. Um, like, a duck's... Also, the thing, too, is is getting vertical um, or horizontal coverage in the water, too, and getting those grasses laid down before water gets in there, too, because a duck's uh, diet, like, first half of the season is all invertebrates. So they eat a lot of crustaceans and and bugs and insects and stuff like that, and those those insects will live on the bottom side of of the uh, Mm -hmm. leaves in the water, and that's, that's what your duck will eat then. So do you then, do anything with the do you trust? I don't know what species there are, but I do know some ducks. You know, they got their their feet in the middle of their body. They stay up top. Then you got divers. Yep. If you are, I mean, do you if you want to specifically a target, let's say a, a diving duck, do you do anything differently on your habitat? Yeah, diving ducks in in, in this area, um, we don't see quite a few diving ducks. It, Diving ducks are large bodies of water. They're okay. eating crustaceans, fish, their whole life. So you, it's really hard to farm for a diving duck, I guess yeah. you say. We're all puddle ducks. So we're, you're, you know, your puddle duck is your mallard, pintail, widgeon, um, gadwall, teal. Those are all ducks that are eating crustaceans, like the first half of their way down, and then they're eating grains or a, a grain something similar to grain barnyard grass um, smart weed uh, corn beans something like that got you so but but like they won't they'll go to a um they'll want that high carbohydrate when it gets cold so corn and beans is a high carbohydrate so they'll eat that when it gets really cold you'll see them really that but um so it's it it's you're talking about trying to figure out what the the landowner might want or what they want help in it it's kind of you kind of go and go in, look at their property, decide what you can do with it. It's water access, like if you can pull water off of a property and then put it back on later. So if you gotta know what you're gonna do there, um, that's that's a big thing too. It, um, a lot of I ran into a gentleman this year when I was pumping some duck lakes. Uh, he went came from hunting public ground, bought a duck lake, thought it was like turnkey. You go in and hit a light switch and you shoot ducks, and he was down there fighting a pump and. Um, he fought it for three days and he owned the property for 30 days and sold it because oh, <laughs> no. he's like, this is a lot more work than what's worth, you know? And it is, I mean, if you're going to own a duck property, it's probably just, I mean, you're, you're thinking about it. You need to really start thinking about a property, um, you know, really April 1st of what you're going to do, try to get this invasive species off and get what you want in there. Right. And, you know, we have duck property, you have, you have muskrat and beaver problem yeah you have you know you and it's all the watersheds and um you know you they dig up your levees and put holes in your levees so you gotta be trapping like i got a buddy of mine that helps me do some trapping you know on some places i'm not a big trapper but he traps beavers on guys's place because a beaver can destroy a place oh overnight, yeah. yeah you know so and muskrat holes and and stuff like that so it that's the thing that um own I, I don't own my own piece of property but i've had some of the customers i work with it's it's very rewarding to me to you know 
put in that time and that effort and then they text you and say hey man we just thank you that we really just rolled them this yeah. weekend you know so it, it'd be different similar to like you guys deer hunting putting in the food plot and then shooting a big buck off of it. you know it's like right. putting that time in and, and getting it the worth you know so and it's it's no different than deer really if you think about when it's time to start working for next year now it's right as the damn season's over for the for the most part yep. i mean yep. andy you and i are talking about you know probably need to start thinking about doing some stuff getting mm-hmm. at least prepped Yep. And yep, I got some guys right now. Like I said, I'm doing some hinge cutting for some uh, gentlemen right now, and then we're going in and and uh, like right now is a good time to go in and clear some timber and put in some some small like we're putting in some hidey hole food plots and some in some places and stuff like that. Go in and, and get that ready. You're not going to disturb the deer right now. I mm-hmm. mean, you might bump them off, but they're going to come back. Or like I got a spot we're going right now. These it's in the big timber. There's deer have left that timber. They're going. They're on a big food source, so they're not bedding right. in that area yeah. right now anyway. So it's a good time to get in there, and we've kind of lost our turkey population in that area. So we're kind of want to get in there now and try to open up and get some turkeys back in that area yeah. too. So, um, but turkey, the turkeys have been. We've had bad years for turkeys the last yep. couple of yeah. years. It's, it's just not been a good. No, the hatch has been very hatch. bad. The uh, one other last question or whatever else on on blind placement you know andy was talking about somebody wants you to come and help them with that do you also think about all right this guy's got a 10 acre pond or whatever the hell you want to label it as Mm -hmm. and he's going to either buy from me or going to put at least three blinds on the lake does that change the way you decide if you already know what I'm getting to is if you already know what he's going to do as far as blind placement, or if you have free reign to say, this is what I want you to do. Mm-hmm. Um, what does that, how does that change your decision-making? Let's say the guy says, Hey, I want you to come and do this, but I can only afford to put one, you know, large blind on this body of water this year. Yep. So what we can do, I mean, what I can actually do for them at blind spot, I mean, we make a floating portable a floating blind so they can move it from point A to point B overnight next day that day if they want to if they want a um you want they want blinds in certain spots like i got some guys that have blinds in certain spots and they run electricity to them i mean they have i I got a gentleman called me the other day that wants a 20 by 30 pit in with a satellite dish and tv and Mm -hmm. recliner (laughs) and he's got his dad and his buddy he's gonna freaking live there isn't he yeah (laughs) yep they are yeah i mean that's that's I mean there's play, there's there's a lot of places like I've, that. I've seen a few of those on, you know, just different videos or yep. whatever the guys where they 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 show the video of the ducks flying in and then they scroll down and there's a guy <laughs> cooking breakfast cooking. on a blackstone or something like that. <laughs> yep. yep. Well, but, we, when we talked to Duckhorn, they had that one yeah. that drive side by side in. They got a shitter in it. They got everything you need, right? The fridge, yep. Yep. they had everything you need right there. Yep. yep. Yeah, they just built one for uh, uh vets in wheelchair or anybody mm-hmm. in wheelchairs. They yep. can they can literally roll it right on in yep. and, and go hunting. Yep. So there, so, I mean, so you can on the blind placement deal. I mean, um, Andy talked about earlier about with like a North wind, if you really, if you wrote down every day of the season, we prevalent probably have a South Southwest wind the whole, the whole year. So it, it stinks. If you're going to hunt mornings, a Southwest, a South, you know, a Southwest wind, you have a blind facing Northeast. Most of the time is going to suck. Cause you're going to be looking into the sun. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, if you're hunting ducks from eight to ten, like you're gonna be just staring at the sun. Um, so, 
blind placement can be a big thing. If you're in, a, in that sense, is a small impoundment of water, and you can cross shoot them. But ideally, you want the sun at your back. I mean, any kind of hunting, you want the sun at your back. Yeah. For shadow reasons, you know, yeah. it's a great thing. So if you can change it up for that for them, or um, my biggest thing too is a lot of these club guys they get very habit forming. They 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 just they have to sit in that blind. They've got to sit here. We got to sit here. Well, if you got to ducks might not want to be there. Be adaptable. Move. I mean, it might be just as easy as picking up a dozen decoys. If you're at a big club, and I know got some guys got clubs and they put out 500 decoys. They set them all year and pick them up at the end of the year. It might be just as easy as picking up a dozen decoys and go over there and sit next to the well at the sun of your back and, yeah, boom, mm-hmm. you got them. Made. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit of change, adaptation, right. and that's that's the thing. If I get the other thing too, you can talk about new hunters. Be adaptable. I mean, don't be scared to think outside the box. If it's not working, change it. Don't don't get set in your ways. And I mean, I've shot in the last couple of years just like. Sitting back, waiting till the sun gets up. Look where they're flying. Look where they're going. And I've shot some ducks in some of the weirdest spots on public ground, just by just sitting back and just yeah. waiting to see what they want to do and where they want to be. And it's made it so much easier. I've had well, we had a lot of hunts last year where they were shot a four man limit in an hour and a half. Yeah, you know, and I, I had buddies that were sitting all day. That, yeah. I mean, that's true of any hunting, really. I mean, mm-hmm. like I, it's I, a good bit of advice. I didn't. I didn't deer hunt. Um, I haven't really deer hunted that too much this year. I, this year, I, there was a buck that a buddy of mine was after on a place that we kind of hunt together. And I seen him. I was like, yeah, I'll shoot that deer. So I went picked up the gun for the first time this year. And I hunted four days, I think. And I hunted from 10 to 1 each one of those days. And I saw all kinds of deer. Yep. But no, I had no one. Everybody else was gone. The wind, I waited till windy days, got in on a thicket, walked in the back door, and sat there, and I saw a large amount of deer. Especially, I mean, you were rifle hunting then during, mm-hmm. so during the rut, them them guys are cruising, checking those bedding areas. Yeah. That time, yeah. Not yeah. to get off into deer hunting, but. but yeah. So, like you said, being <laughs> Andy goes, damn it. <laughs> well, I've always been told, that, you know, and my dad always told me when I was young, one of the best times to be hunting is around that 10 o'clock time. A lot of guys are getting out of the woods. When you get out of the woods, those people are bumping deer, moving deer. Yep. It's disturbing things. You're that's, disturbing yeah. things. That's, so then if you're still sitting there, they're going to be moving into your area. So. Yeah, that's like, like the duck hunting deal. So Missouri Park Conservation have um, designated hunting spots in the state of Missouri. In Missouri has three zones. They have the northern zone, which used to be cut off on the Missouri River, but now I think it's – no, it used to be cut off on I-70. Now it's Missouri River. Um, and then that's the north zone. And then they have the middle zone, which goes down from the Missouri River to 54 Highway. And then they have the south zone. And they open up at different times. They're all 60 days. Um, but there's conservation areas in those spots, and you could go to those spots in the morning, and they do a draw system. Get there in the morning, butt crack of dawn. I'm telling you, I give my brother-in-law Grant, Russell, them crazy bastards get up at 1.30 in the freaking morning to drive up to Grand Pass or whatever it was for a chance to hunt. Yep. (laughs) So, so at Grand, for instance, Grand Pass, you talk about Grand Pass. Okay, Grand Pass, you have to quit hunting at 1 o'clock. You can't hunt after 1 o'clock. You can ask anybody that that hunts Grand Pass 
very much a lot. <laughs> they show up at one thirty. Yep. <laughs> at twelve from the best hunting is from like twelve o'clock to one o'clock because them ducks know. Like, all right, we're not going to have pressure after 1 o'clock, so let's get ready. You know, some mm-hmm. of them start, you know, they always say, send the spies out first. You know, they start sending, you know, some ducks start peeling out, you know. And that's the same thing, like, what, what we ran into is um, on some of these conservation areas is these guys get there, you know, like you said, they leave at 1 o'clock in the morning, and they're sitting out there in the water, and it's cold. And they just, at 11 o'clock, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, they're so cold, like, I can't take this. i got to go home, or their wife's calling them, or, you know, they're got to go to Christmas or whatever. And then that's whenever, like, I, I've been fortunate enough that, you know, my, my family understands that I have a bad addiction and, <laughs> <laughs> um, and some, and, uh, stuff that, you know, I've got where I, I like hunting that I'm lazy and no different than anybody else. I like my sleep and hunt. Midday madness. Yeah. Say, yeah. Yeah. And if you ask the old timers too, like, you know, mallards fly 10 to two. Yeah. You know, so, um, that's, I just, it's gotten. That, I've gotten that way, and that's the thing that I could tell people: like, don't be scared to hunt afternoons. Don't be like, if you have a job and you can get out, get out and go. And I mean, two some of the best scouting is just going and sitting and watching too. Yeah, right. I mean, like, we have we have zero our geese around home right now suck. Like, um, I might go just sit out in a mark. I might even take a decoy with me. I might go sit on a spot right now and just like like go grab a sandwich right now and go sit and just see what the birds are doing and just hang out the other night we had a big push of birds i thought we had a grand pick bush of birds at uh like 9 30. i know where a couple different roosters i drove around shut my truck off and listened like oh here did birds show up are they sitting in there sleeping like people don't think about scouting that way too mm-hmm. is listen at night you know and that's, see that's where something. they're at yep yep if you know where some birds are sleeping where they're roosting at go there like go at night turn your lights off it was really calm, quiet that night, and sit there and listen, see if there's yeah. much birds in there. Um, well, last question. We're kind of running short on time, but um, we know we wanted to kind of ask you, and this this could get into the weeds, and we should have you back on sometime to be more detailed in some of these things. You know, this is kind of a broad I said it's topic, our first especially episode it's the, it's or waterfowl episode. Yeah, it's the end of the year. We're kind of being broad with everything since it, the year is pretty much over with, with that. But um, decoy placement. How, you know, obviously, you you want to be hunting with the wind to your back so that yep. they're they're landing um, with the wind to their in their yep. faces. How do you try to place decoys? Um, you know, for a new guy that is trying to go kill a duck or a goose for the first time, um, what what do you normally do to try to to so like get them in? Like three scenarios on that. So a high wind day, give them a pocket to land in. Just just give them give them. You want to be visible. And then give them a hole, you know, 25 yards in front of you to get them to land into. Um, a low wind day, there's not much movement. So you got to you want some movement in your decoy so they don't look like a bunch of styrofoam cups sitting on top of the water doing nothing. <laughs> get some movement in it or downsize your decoy spread so there's not as many decoys for them to look at. Hmm. Um, and then spread them out because they're going to land wherever they want to land. Canadian geese, same way. Big Canadian geese, they'll land w- w- amongst each other. So, like, Canadian geese on a big spread in a field, just give them three or four or five foot between each other, land. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like, if you're hunting, like, a migration day, just give them everything. They, if you think it's going to be a migration day, give them everything they got. Just put them out there, give them a couple different holes, 
and then just start putting your call in your mouth and start yelling at them. So, hey, get your ass here. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Anything, everything. So it's just, um, and the other thing too is if you can scout and you find birds, mimic them. If you have the same weather conditions the next day, mimic them. If you see them up on a weed line feeding real hard, the next day you're going to hunt that spot, go in there and put them up there on the weed line feeding hard. You know, like right now we have a, like, if you could hunt still like in Kansas right now, you see a lot of breeding pairs. So you're seeing a hen and like one or two drakes falling her or like a pot of drakes together. Mimic that same thing. You know, just be, if you see that, do that. Yeah. And like, then give them that opportunity to land where you want them to land. Yep. If yep. you can. I mean, and, they're going to do what they want to do. Yep. But And if you don't want them in a spot, wad up a bunch of decoys in that spot. Like, say you're sitting here and you got a tree in your way over here and you don't want them to land there. So wad up them decoys there so they can't land there. You can kind of, you can direct them. They make decoys too. Like they make a spinning wing decoy that kind of directs them. Um, they're getting very, I don't use a mojo anymore is what they call them. I don't use a, use them anymore really just because I'm not a big fan of them. I'm afraid they, I think they scare them too much. Mm-hmm. But you can kind of direct them with a mojo and stuff like that. There's there's certain things that you can you can use to help you out, kind of give them directions. You know, nice. calling too. You talked about earlier about calling. Yeah. So yeah, we'll probably have to have you on just to have, talk about calling. I'm yeah, sure some that, specific I'm stuff. Good, I'm like not that. a good caller, but yeah. <laughs> like I said, I, I try hard. <laughs> I bet so. you're better than all three of us. <laughs> so there was something I wanted to bring up, and I don't even think I've told Nate or Micah about this, but but Joe, you also do something, and you started this last year. It was the first year for it, and I think uh, from the results of it, you're planning on doing it some more. You had a, and I and I apologize, don't know the, the proper name for it, but a, an out a outdoors we, convention, basically. Yep, we had we had we had the mo, we call it the the mo. mo. Yep, okay. Yep. Um, and what it was was um, the kind of the group of guys I run with. I run with uh, uh, Andy Wyckoff and Jeff Hood, and both them own um, businesses in the industry. Mm-hmm. And then we've got to know a couple other people in the industry, and everything got shut down. Like. After the after last year, like I went to the Iowa Deer Classic, and then after the Iowa Deer Classic, it was like over. Like that was that. That was it. There was no outdoor events. And so I had a venue that we could do it outside, and I just like, you know what? Let's just try it and do it. And we had a good turnout. Um, as of right now, we're on board to do it again next year. It all depends on how things go. I mean, if we get if we get all the shows back that we got next year, it might be kind of tough for us to do it just because of – that like we had end of September and that's just that's just the for everybody yeah that's the go time everybody's getting right. amped up. I mean yeah. you got deer hunting everybody everybody's getting excited they had, overall had maybe one or two or three cold fronts by then you know so everybody's getting pumped it was it luckily I had just stepped away from my job so I could <laughs> focus st- on it there. focus yeah. a little bit on it if I had if I hadn't um I'd probably be a little more scatterbrained than what I was, but yeah. So as of right now, I think we're we're still on board to have it in September. We're we're on we're on it. I just um, there's got last year I kind of headed it all up myself, and we kind of got a group of us together now that are going to kind of try to put it together. Nice. Good. So so the mo is it more waterfowl oriented or is it just kind of everything outdoors? Because me knowing more people in the waterfowl industry, it probably last year was eighty percent waterfowl. Yeah, but um, I'm we're opening it up to i mean i want to open it up to everything i had a, a, a buddy of mine that owns a company called the food plot playbook um he came down and brought some of these seed blends in just kind of just to show out i had a gentleman that uh owns a dog kennel that builds dog kennels mm-hmm. and he brought his stuff over to do dog kennels so i mean there there's whole spectrum of of it um uh, fish uh uv fishing lures a buddy of mine's part owner of that 
they came down and brought all their fishing lures down. Awesome. So, nice. so I mean, we had we had a full spectrum of it. Yeah, majority of it was waterfowl, but that's that's who I knew and that's right, who I run right. with. So right. it, is. it makes more sense. I mean, yeah. yeah. So I, I think though the only thing is is I think we had enough um, interest that we might have already grown out of next year, grown out of where we want to have Uh-oh. it. So we might be having to look Looking a little for new spaces, huh? Looking, we might be looking for a new spot. So, yeah, but that's just fine. It's it's a good Missouri doesn't have a good yeah yeah I mean, like right the Kansas like, City Sports Show like the Iowa Deer Classic we yeah. don't really have that yeah like me yeah. and my wife uh, a good friend of mine uh, is the chief editor of uh, Whitetail Magazine and uh, Wildfowl Magazine he invited us up to the, the Iowa Deer Classic last year we went to Iowa Deer Classic up there and met up with him and like I hadn't been to the Iowa Deer Classic before and it's just like my wife's like she I mean she never had been anything like that she's like this is nuts she's like, <laughs> this is insane I was like yeah, like this is that's what uh, we go to game for every year. There's 420 vendors in mm-hmm. six days. It's yeah, I mean, it's a big it's, ordeal. It's neat. in Missouri. You think as big as of a outdoor state that we state are. we are, we need that. We're right in the middle of all of it. I mean, we're yeah. we are literally in the center of all these outdoor uh, you know states. The culmination of a lot of yeah. things. I mean, um, a yeah. lot of the things that happen, like we. Yeah. People don't understand. I mean, what we have in this state sometimes, and they don't. People don't understand what us outdoorsmen spend and <laughs> are do. willing to do yeah, for a stand. Yeah, I mean, like that, it's, it's it's insane. I mean, we're, all of us are that way. I mean, um, not that I'd give up my kids or nothing, but um, it's a it's a bad addiction. And <laughs> but I'd sell them. I mean, That's I mean, I, I've tried on some thin water on birthday parties and <laughs> stuff like that for good hunt. I mean, yeah. I have two kids in the middle of November, so oh, that was uh, a bad idea. Yeah. yeah. I got one right in the middle of deer season. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, I got one the 16th and one the 19th of November. Yeah. Yep. Sorry, yeah. honey, ducks are flying. Yeah. <laughs> See, but he yeah. gets old enough that you can actually – Yeah, I was just I'm taking him hunting for his yeah. birthday. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Exactly, exactly what I uh, – my, my boy, is uh, his is the 19th. I'm like, he'll get to spend uh, – here in a couple years, he'll spend every year his birthday in the duck blind, by the way. Exactly. There you yeah. go. Yeah. So. Well, do what, have you on again sometime and talk some more specifics and and better time of the year i mean i know we're still in goose season and and people are still yep slaying birds but um you know maybe a little more timely for some things and we can get more into some strategies and things like that oh sometime. yeah yeah we'll get but yeah, you guys need to get out and and yeah. I don't know if that's a good idea. My uh, wife won't let me. Yeah. She told me no. <laughs> <laughs> that's just when you just, just get invited and then you just show up a couple times. There you go. Yeah, we'll so, definitely have to do that for uh, sure. But it, we thanks for coming on for sure. I, uh, I thanks for having me, guys. I like I said, I appreciate it, and um, yeah, I'm more down I'm down to do it again. So Where awesome. can people find you if they want to look you up on Facebook or Instagram or something like that? Uh, Blind Spot Outdoors. Uh, or my handle on Instagram is Blind Spot, Blind Spot Outdoors LLC. And the same thing on Instagram. That's Instagram and Facebook. And our website, we have a website right now. It's blindspotoutdoors.com. But we're kind of transitioning it and we're rebuilding it right now okay. at the moment. So we're, we're kind of – it's all up there, but it's getting refabbed right now. Nice. So. Yeah, some awesome blinds that you guys take um, – produce and make yep. and i mean there's some some pretty big folks i know valley oaks uh outfitters yep. are using your stuff outfitters yep. valley oak yeah is that what i said that right outfitters. yeah, yeah. whatever right. valley oaks is running our stuff uh heartland waterfowl yeah uh, is running our stuff um i built one for ian kennedy um the pitcher for the royals um i had another professional baseball player that hit me up and then didn't end up paying his bill 
Oh, it didn't pay his bill, but it didn't didn't come through on his deposit, so he hasn't got his blind bill yet. Um, uh, his contract didn't get renewed. <laughs> <laughs> but it's yeah, it's it's been a it's been a blessing, disguise. I mean, uh, with the whole COVID deal and everything, it's kind of everybody's like, Man, you're gonna step away from a job that you had for 12 years and try to do this full time. I'm like. Why not? Why not? Why not? 2020 yeah. is weird enough. Might as well just go yep. for it. Go yeah. full you, out. Well, I'm like, you only live once. And yep. You can't, live with, can't live with regret. So yep. I well, thanks, thanks again for coming on, dude. Appreciate you. And um, we'll talk at you later. All right. Appreciate it, guys. See you. All right. <laughs> quack, quack. So that's a good duck episode. Waterfowl. Waterfell episode. Yeah, we talked about a lot more than just, just ducks there. Yeah. I really honestly, when I asked him that question about the difference between geese and ducks. You know, oh, how, like how, how, the how they, how the, well, just how they act in general compared to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, I assume they're both similar as far as their ability to see things and those sorts of things. But, I, you know, I, I, I kind of noticed. It seems like geese do same things over and over right. if they are given the chance. Whereas, you know, it's not like you see this a, the same ducks for two weeks at a time or right. whatever. So uh, it's kind of cool to hear some of that stuff. And um, as Micah said in the intro, we're, none of us are big waterfowl hunters. So, right. you know, we're learning right along with a lot of our listeners when it comes to some of this stuff. Yep. So I would like to do some snow geese hunting. I think that'd be fun. Just kind of different. but. Yeah, I, I would. Well, I mean, I think all of us have been duck hunting at some point nope. before. Nope. Oh, okay. Well, never. Just me, and I <laughs> haven't been that many times, and I don't think I've ever goose hunted. To be honest with you. Nope. So, I'm I'm down to do anything. Yeah, yeah I want to. Yeah. I definitely want to give it a try. But it's I'm like, just scared, dude. Dude, that's what I'm. I I said it in the episode. Addiction. I'm. I am. I am truly scared. I cannot afford another one. I can't. The outdoors, either. hell of a drug. My, my marriage can't. <laughs> it just. It just wouldn't work. Yeah, no, so. can't can't. I've I've got the whitetail thing. We've I think we all got the whitetail and the elk mm-hmm. thing that we do. We're all kind of diving off the deep end with coyotes and turkey. Yeah, I, turkey I like hunting. Um, yeah, we. I just don't know if you I can pick af- and choose, man. You gotta <laughs> pick and choose. <laughs> um. So, but even that being said, I mean, we're still next year. Once the season starts ramping up again, we're going to do a lot better about getting you know oh, people on. Hold on, hold on, man. We're we're gonna try right, to do a lot better. Don't yeah. promise anything, Mike. Okay. <laughs> well, we're gonna try, try our best to you know, because we. I mean, there's a lot of you know this waterfowl hunters. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of waterfowl hunters out there that you know want to podcast too. That and there's that some stuff, dedicated so. people. Oh, like yeah. you're talking about They're getting hardcore. up in the mornings. Doing, yeah. I mean, breaking ice. Yeah. And that's honestly part Oof. of it is getting to know some of those people and yep. you know learning from them, gaining their knowledge and. Yeah, so if you're an expert waterfowl hunter, maybe hit us up. Maybe we could have you on sometime. So yeah, uh, don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, you know, share that stuff. We'd really appreciate it. Yeah, so. check us out on whatever uh, platform you listen to podcast on. Leave us a review, hopefully five stars. And um, yeah, check us out on our social media platforms. Also, uh, just helps us. You know, keep this thing going. Um, if you all are done talking, I'm done talking. All right. Well, Time I was to going to tell a dad joke. But Just told, go ahead. I told my best one to a carpenter the other day. I thought I really screwed up. Are we already up. in this? 
Oh my God! <laughs> Go again. You even you ruined it. I I ruined it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, I think they got it. You screwed up. Oh, I really nailed carpet. it. <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Oh, Ethan's gonna be so happy. <laughs> he loves the dad jokes. <laughs> Shout out to Ethan. <laughs> the beard oh. but he, but he, but he, but he, but he, that's all, folks. Uh, we're gonna end on that now. All right. Everybody have a good day. Later. See it.